Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Okay, Brando, play what I really want. Yep. I don't know what that was. Wait for it. It's my personality on a drive. Yep. And that's how this girl got a pastor's kid. No, I'm just kidding. It's not actually. I got saved. <laughs> Sorry. I'm in a bit of a funny mood, so you'll just have to put up with me for the next 40 minutes. All right. How are y'all doing? Good. That's good. Anybody not doing good? No, because I actually care. That's why I'm asking. Because we, we could stop and pray. It's totally fine. You don't always have to be fine, all right? All right, I wanted to, because I have the microphone, just give an announcement for what I do here. Um, I oversee our internship program. And our applications are open. So... Here's what our internship is, is a eight to nine month process depending, depending how much I like you, how long I keep you. I'm just kidding. Just depending on the weeks, okay? So it's eight months of a deep dive into your character-based discipleship. So your character is who you are all the time. The decisions that you make, it's how you are forming, um, your morals, your ethics before the Lord. It's a biblical-based character discipleship that gives you a foundation that is biblical to work from because we are all called, all anointed, all gifted. Amen? All of you. What will close the door for you is your character. Okay? You could be the most anointed, dripping in the anointing, feeling the presence of God person, but if you lie, cheat, steal, have character issues, all the doors close, and you're the most frustrated person on the planet. Okay? So your character is actually really, really, really important, and here's what I suggest. No matter what you're doing in life, check it, and if it's not great and needs some help, come to our internship program. We might be able to scoot that along and get it some formation. Your spiritual formation is a growth process. We are never perfect on this side of the planet. We are being perfected. So um, if you are in a year where you have a gap year, highly suggest talk to your parents. Tell them the heart of why you want to put a year into your relationship with God and pray about it with them. If you are in a program, but you feel a tug in your heart right now, like, that's me. I actually need this. Your program is not going anywhere. 
you can stop and you can come. I'm not saying that everybody should stop their program and come. I'm saying if God's speaking to you, and that is you in the room, just understand that your program can stop and will still be waiting for you, okay? If you feel called to full-time ministry, our internship is a great way to start, okay? Because if you feel called to full-time vocational ministry, you want to have a foundation that you can fly from. So our internship is a four-year program. Um, we have one four-year, fourth-year graduate over there. <laughs> um, but when you feel called into ministry, our heart here is, why would you leave to go to a Bible college when you're already doing it? So take your classes, do them online, and have a practicum of an outworking that makes the class feel more fun. Like, wow, I just did that. I just learned it, and then I did it. So we're very much heart, spirit, Bible-based, all of that into your ministry experience, but getting your hands dirty is like the best thing. So talk to me if you have any questions, because I didn't say everything, but that's enough. All right, tonight... We are going to dive into the life of Joseph. Joseph, he's one of my favorites. I know, you're welcome, son. If you don't get that joke, I have a son named Joseph, and he actually is one of my favorites. So, you're welcome, son. <laughs> it's actually a big joke in our house that Joey's my favorite, and I have no idea why. Do you? <laughs> we'll have prayer later. All right. The name Joseph in the Bible actually means God shall add. God will add. God shall add. It's actually his character into a name of an action that he's going to do into a life. Okay? Why is that significant? Because in Bible times, names were given, and they were like a prophetic declaration of a season um, an understanding of a completion of a season or a season that was yet to come. Names declared something about God's nature and what people were experiencing. So they would name their kids so they would remember. Okay? We don't do that. We think Apple is a great name. We just think it's cool. But if you think back to Bible times... They were prophesying over the kids. Every time they called their kid, they were remembering the nature of God. They were remembering a promise of God. They were recalling his goodness or his faithfulness or something that had happened in their life that they were remembering God was with them. Okay? So names are significant. So Joseph's name in the Bible is God shall add. When we read Joseph's story, which we're going to do a lot of tonight, so hang on tight. We're going to go Ju Joseph, like eight chapters of Joseph in no time, okay? Joseph's life looks like subtraction. And then all of a sudden, God shall add. Okay, why I want to go here tonight is I have the biggest burden in the world for you guys, and I'm going to try not to cry my whole way through this. But for you not to think in increments of days, months, minutes, and years. That we naturally do that because that's how we're taught timing. But if we are taught 
that way, we don't understand the moment that we are in has nothing to do with 30 years down the road. Okay? We live right in our moment and we attach a feeling to it and we attach whatever circumstances that this is truth and it will be forever. It's like how we feel about time. And then we turn that feeling onto God. And we interpret our seasons, our times, and our moments with God through these feelings that are just momentary. They're not lasting. Okay? Is everybody with me? Okay. So my burden for you is while you are launching into life to understand that the crisis, the pain, the misunderstandings, um, the loneliness, the suffering, the things that you go through in life are a momentary thing. And they are producing a lasting fruit that we don't necessarily enjoy seeing that kind of timing. We're like, oh, you're just toxically positive. No, I'm biblically based. I promise you. I promise you that God sees today in the light of 30 years down the road. That whatever has happened to you is compiling. And there's reasons for it. And the reasons we don't fully understand, but we will if we don't attach a misconception of God's character and nature to a time in space. Okay? Does that sound like, I don't know what she's talking about now. Okay. We have to exit time that we know for an eternal perspective. Because how many of you know we're not living for here? That has to be your confession. I am not living for here. I'm not living for the yeses, the nos, the amens, the days, anything else. I'm not living for the praise of today. I'm living for the approval of tomorrow in eternity, okay? So you're born for a reason, and you're being prepared for an assignment, every one of you. If God gave you breath, you have an assignment. You're, there's a reason you draw your next breath, Okay, there's a reason you drew your first breath. There's a reason you're here. I'm going to say that again. There is a reason you are here. Okay, our participation with the preparation is a must for growth and maturity. So how we prepare in this season for what's ahead is a must. You don't just fall into tomorrow. Lots of people do, but they typically fall away from God as they fall into their tomorrows. Okay, I don't want that for you. I want you to run ahead with passion and zeal, no matter if there's tears streaming down your face or joy on your face, whatever emotions happening inside you, I want you to run into your tomorrow with purpose and passion because there's a reason you're here. Okay? When we say that somebody has a Joseph anointing, how many of you know what I mean? You see somebody that's like excellent at everything they do and they turn something into nothing and all of a sudden they got millions flying out their butt and you're like, what the heck? You're like, that guy's got a Joseph anointing. Okay, but we're talking about the Joseph that was 37. 
not the Joseph at 17. Okay? We do this. We love the end of the story. We hate the beginning. And we hate the middle. But we love the outcome when somebody's labeled a hero. Okay? There's always a journey to be a hero. So let me just tell you this. There's a journey for you becoming a hero. When you cross over into eternity as a hero, worshiping God, let me tell you there's stuff that you're going to walk through. There's stuff that you're going to lay down. It's going to cost you something to cross the finish line. Okay? Joseph anointing, turning everything from bad to good. I can take that. I'm a genius. I have favor. I have wisdom. I know how to mold that. I know how to get people around me. That is something that is cultivated. It's done in depths, and it's done in maturity. It's a preparation season. Joseph didn't come out his mother's womb with gold hands. Like, it just didn't happen. He was prepared. Okay? We all want the Joseph anointing. We don't want the Joseph journey. So I want you to see, when we read the Bible, please read it in context. Read it with the journey included so that you don't think that God has changed somehow. He didn't change. He was with Joseph in here. Several, several chapters to let you know that God was with Joseph, but it wasn't all roses. Several, except we skip right through it because we want to get to the end where Joseph is in Pharaoh's house running the planet. We just love that. But what about prison? What about being falsely accused? What about being sold into slavery by your brothers? What about being misunderstood? What about the suffering? What about all of that? That was 20 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. Okay, so Joseph's story, if you don't know, is found in Genesis, from Genesis 37 to 50. Actually, if you want homework this week, which I just love giving homework, you guys. That's why you need to come to internship. Okay, but the homework's fun. Okay, so read Genesis 37 to 50 in depth, because I'm just going to do snippets and try to explain it. But at 17, Joseph is sold into slavery. It says in 37 verse 1, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Okay? I will skip down to five. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Okay? When, up in this verse, it tells you that Joseph was actually the favorite because he was born of a natural mom that Jacob really loved more. So... Not great when you favor a child. Just some parenting advice for your future. Don't do it. It goes bad for that child. Okay. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more. 
because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. Okay, so Joseph at 17 needed this, okay? What's coming at him? He needed. <laughs> then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Not good. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Okay. So... The brothers from there take Joseph and decide to sell him into slavery. Actually, they were going to kill him, and they were like, let's not shed any blood because that's no good in the Old Testament. So they're like, oh, here comes some people buying some slaves. Let's sell him. So they sell him. At 17 years old, they sell him. Not great. Not great for Joseph. I can't imagine how that would feel. Eleven brothers. And they all want to sell you like you suck. <laughs> you did not do well in connecting with your family. Just saying. Not one of them was fighting. Well, Reuben was like a question, like, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. So he was half on the team, half off. Okay. So, again, Joseph sold into slavery. This is not the dream that he thinks. Like, oh, I'm leaving. Maybe this is about to be... The dream. No, it's not the dream. You just got sold into slavery. And now you're going to work at Potiphar's house. Great. No family. No nothing. Bottom of the rung. Comes in. Joseph. Here you go. Nobody likes you. There's your life. Enjoy that dream. Anybody here ever have a promise or a dream from God? Okay. You are the people I feel burdened for. Because we literally think it's tomorrow. God gives us something and we're like, yes! I knew he saw it. Hot diggity that confirms where I thought I was going. And we literally think it's tomorrow. Except that there's a process to hold a dream. You're not ready. It's okay that you're not ready. That doesn't mean you're imperfect. That doesn't mean he's ashamed of you. That doesn't mean that you're not well equipped. That means you need more. That means he wants you to go the long haul. That means he wants you to be stronger than you are. There is a grace that needs to be given to you as you go in the dream. Okay? You're just... Holding the dream. Hold it well. Okay? Joseph's heart must have been battling heartache, loneliness. Eleven brothers. <laughs> okay, so I'm all alone here. Pretty much an idiot. <laughs> Bad self-talk. Like, I'm sure it was all there. But Joseph held the dream more importantly than he held his feelings. Okay? Now here's a huge tool I want to give you. I believe in counseling by the Holy Spirit, and I believe in counseling outside of Jesus. 
I believe it's good to have somebody give you tools for your feelings. Okay, everybody hear me? Okay. However, if you interpret your feelings only with a counselor outside of the Bible, you are interpreting your feelings through emotion, not truth. Okay, and I'm going on the record for saying this. Your generation is infamous for it. Infamous. You let go of promises and dreams and goals because of your feelings. Because somebody said that's bad. And then you hold the feeling more importantly than you hold the truth. Because the truth will hold you for years. Your feelings will hold you for a moment. Okay? So yes, get counseling. Yes, let the Holy Spirit lead you and counsel you all at the same time. But be biblically based. That if God said something to you, hang on tight. Your feeling should not be moved or you shouldn't be moved by a feeling into something else. You shouldn't get so discouraged that you would give up. Okay, like, oh, I guess that all these negative things mean that that is a no. No. <laughs> Sometimes the negative things are chipping away at frustrations that are feeding you answers. Okay, that's just life. Okay, a biblical truth is hang on to a promise no matter what the feeling is. Okay, that's Joseph's story. That's Joseph's testimony. You can hang on. Okay, good. Okay, so I appreciate it, but it is not the source that we function from. It is a tool. Okay? Did I offend anyone? Because I will talk to you later, I promise. Okay? So counseling helps us with our now feeling, but our perspective biblically helps us to have the eternal perspective. Okay? A biblical perspective will help you with the eternal because they're tied. Okay? Your feeling will keep you in a moment. Has everybody got that? Okay, so think past now. If you're an impulsive person, train yourself to think past now. I literally am one of those. I'm recovering. Literally <laughs> recovering. Okay? I used to say whatever I thought and like, Waves of people would be like crying, and I'm like, what the heck? What's wrong with you? I just saying what I think. <laughs> you said it so quickly. It's like, well, my thoughts come quickly. I can't help it. Okay, you have to pause and think future. Is my comment about to wreck somebody? Hmm, maybe I shouldn't say it then. Is selling Joseph going to wreck him? Hmm, maybe, maybe they should have thought of that. <laughs> Maybe we should think past this dream thing. And his father didn't help with the coat either. Like, you know, the, anyway, we'll just leave that. Okay. Anyway, jo <laughs> Joseph is sent to Potiphar's house. In chapter 39, we pick up Joseph in Potiphar's house. I really need to get, like, contacts that have readers in them because this is a lot. It's work. Okay. Joseph running Potiphar's house. In verses 1 to 6, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, remember that, 
the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of the household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Okay. So things turn around. I'm sure at this point, Joseph is like, yeah, living the dream. This has got to be part of it. I'm feeling some success. This is awesome. Okay. When we feel the little tinge of success and going towards the Lord, it's important that the Lord gets the credit. They saw the Lord on Joseph, not just Joseph's skill. They saw the Lord in it, which means he was bringing glory to God in his work, in how he acted, in his excellence. Everything was a reflection of the Lord for Joseph, which has to do with his mindset. I do everything that I do for the Lord. I do everything that I do living for this dream, living for God. Okay? Narrow focus. Narrow is the way. Okay, so Joseph's heart is probably still trying to figure out why his brother sold him because let's be honest, that would be like the biggest wound a counselor would open up. So your brother sold you, eh? <laughs> you want to talk about that? For how many sessions? Mm, maybe 10. Like there's some rejection there. There's some deep wounds. Let's go after that, Okay. But Joseph is serving well in the middle of his pain and in the middle of his sorrow, rising to the top so that God can be seen. Question, is that you? In the middle of suffering, in the middle of heartache, in the middle of questions, can God rise to the top so that he can be seen? His ways, being bigger than your ways. Just a question. We'll come back to it. So Joseph has a great reputation, and he serves with his whole heart. Why? Because he has a dream. Why? He has an anchor. It's hope. Hope is an anchor. It's for our souls. Have you ever thought that scripture all the way through? We have an anchor for our souls. Because our souls shift and move with thoughts and feelings. But if we can anchor ourselves to hope in God, we don't get tossed by the thoughts and the feelings. We're anchored to hope. If I'm anchored over there, the dream's over there, I'm not getting tossed and turned by circumstances and situations. I'm anchored to the dream. Okay? The promises of God over your life and the prophetic words that you've heard matter. 
They matter. Why? Because they're hope. It's how we fight. It's how we contend. It's how we anchor ourselves. They are hope. It's how heaven sees you. It's how heaven has called you. And it's not just for the moment. Again, you get a prophetic word and you're like, yeah, that's tomorrow. I'm going to lead worship on stages. Woo! Are you? Tomorrow? Like you can't even play three chords straight yet. Maybe it's not tomorrow. Maybe it's to anchor you for all the failed tries that you're going to have. Maybe it's to anchor you when people criticize you. Maybe it's to keep wind in your sail while you need to be anchored to this, while you get declined over and over, while you learn your character problems. And it may take you years to get to that. But I'm anchored because I had this word. I had this promise. And God can't lie. So that I'm going to hold on to while the rest of my life gets stewarded by me and God. Okay? So you can lose your way if you don't anchor yourself. Herein lies my burden for you guys. I've seen more people lose their way because they blame it on God. A bad circumstance happens and it's God's fault. Except God's sovereign. Except God's good and he's perpetually good. It was the moment you tapped out on, not the future. You tapped out on the moment, not the dream. So don't lose your way. Hang on to hope. Okay, because God did not lie. You're anchored to him. Okay, the Greek word for hope is elpis. That's how I say it. it I'll spell it for you because then you can interpret it properly. E-L-P-I-S. So you can say what you want. Okay? The Greek word for hope is expectation, trust, and confidence. Do you have that in a storm? Do you have that in a struggle? Do you have that in suffering? Because you need it. You don't want to get tossed back and forth by thoughts and feelings. You want to be anchored with expectation, trust, and confidence. And it's not toxic positivity. It's truth. It's not a moment, it's a future. I'm thinking eternal, not right here. Okay? This is a deep work of trust in the nature of God. This is what Joseph had happening in him the entire journey of 27, 20, nope, 13, 23 years. Oh my gosh, math, right? Thank God math's over. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So Joseph is operating in hope when Potiphar's wife accuses him of sexual misconduct. I'm telling you, the Bible is full of it. All the things you need for life and godliness, they're in here. Okay. In Genesis 39, Potiphar's wife is like, hmm, Joseph's hot. I'm going to go have my way with him because he's got favor on his life and she just thinks she's the shiznat. So... She goes, <laughs> okay, it's in the Bible. She goes over to Joseph to try to have her way, and Joseph is like, no, 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 no. Not happening on my watch because I'm a man of character and integrity, and God's working something deep in me, and I won't give you my dream. 
I won't trade my character and my integrity for this moment. It's a moment. Think dream. Think anchor. Think eternity in every opportunity. Good or bad, it's suffering or it's pleasure. Are you going to trade it? Or are you going to stay anchored? I'm sure Potiphar's wife was hot, by the way. Like, I don't know of any superhero officials that have, like, ugly wives. She's getting taken care of. She's got nothing to do. They make her beautiful. I'm sure there was a temptation. Okay? Don't trade your future and a moment for the dream. Pain or pleasure. All right. Potiphar's wife goes and tells her husband, Potiphar, he gets angry, throws Joseph in prison. Okay, so serving at Potiphar's house, now I'm in prison. So I went from a slave to pretty good, back down to the prison. I'm living in the dungeon down here. Awesome. This is not the dream, Lord. Okay, I'm sure some of us would be like, all the questions for God 24-7. But God, why have you abandoned me? We'd have sorrow upon sorrow and despair upon despair and maybe lie in a heap and have all this soul searching to do. Not Joseph. Read it. Okay. In Genesis... Oh, I didn't write it down. Genesis... <laughs> Okay, the end of Genesis 39, Joseph is killing it in the prison. He takes over watching it, and the guard is like, it's awesome. If you're going to do your job, I'm just going to sit here. Sounds like people that work now. Like, have you ever tried to get anything done? (laughs) Anyway, could you look up from your phone? (laughs) Hi, I'm here. Good. Okay, anyway, I will move along. Work hard at your job. You, you might be surprised at the favor you get just from putting your phone away. Just, just a side note. I'll go back to my notes. Okay. So, Joseph, I'm sure all the questions. Questioning why does integrity work? Why did I do it your way, God? Look where I am now. Okay, seriously, look at me. If you've been living with integrity and doing it God's way and had some disappointment in your life, take that to God only, okay? He will not disappoint you, but again, we put timing on things that we stamp them here like, oh my gosh, I'm 25 and I'm behind in life. You're time stamping. You're time stamping the dream that is eternal, Okay, work hard with favor, excellence, integrity, and character, and trust the dream to God. Okay, trust his timing. Those questions, they matter to God's heart, but they matter more like the Holy Spirit wants to counsel you through them, not like I want to sit in them forever. Okay, so take them to God so he can give you his perspective and his nature on them. So your questions of God should not change your integrity or your beliefs. So why, God, am I saving myself for marriage and everybody else is sleeping around and getting married? 
Don't change your integrity. Don't change your belief because of a moment of disappointment and question. Okay? Small example. Happens in bigger ones. Okay? In John 10.10, 10, the word says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. How best would the enemy love to steal, kill, and destroy for us other than to rob you of truth? If he can rob you of truth, you have no foundation. You have no anchor. If he can distort the truth, he's got you. Okay? So in your questions with God, don't let the enemy take truth from you. And that is where your feelings need to take the back seat. They can't be the source. The truth has to be the source. Okay? I have my pastor pants on tonight, and I hope you're all feeling it. Because I really, I feel momish for you in this, like, this is anchor yourself. Hold on tight, because these seasons don't always feel like I'm on cloud nine. They feel hard. They feel like they have a lot of questions, disappointments, like maybe I'm the disappointment, maybe God was wrong, and that's not true. That's a feeling, okay? But anchor yourself to the dream and the truth, okay? How? Guard your heart. Joseph's heart was probably a mess, you guys, okay? Again, put yourself in it. Not Joseph, woohoo, he's running Pharaoh's kingdom. Put yourself in Joseph's heart in prison. My brother sold me. I was doing pretty good at Potiphar's house till Hottie had to have her way. And then nobody even asked me my side of the story. And here I am misunderstood, falsely accused. This is injustice. Injustice. Guard your heart. That's a mess to try to deal with. Okay, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above everything else because it's the wellspring of life, which means everything you think and feel comes out of your heart. Every decision will come out of your heart. Every word will come out of your heart. Okay, whatever the heart is thinking, your mouth will say. So you don't like what's in your heart, check your words. Or you want to know what's in your heart, check your words. <laughs> That's a better way to say it. All right. So if you are a word picture person, I'm sorry about my braces still. It's going to be a chronic problem for a year. We'll get over it. Okay. You know when you go to the border? Okay. You know you can't just drive over, right? Right there or back? Okay. Next time you think of your heart and an issue going on, think of a border crossing. Okay, when you come to the border, they ask you citizenship, Canadian. The Americans are always like, hmm, sucks for you, huh? Just kidding. Then you're always like, yeah, sucks for you. Now I have to go home because I just mouthed off. All right, they ask you questions. How long are you going? Where are you going? When are you coming back? You got anything in there that you need to declare? Meaning, is there anything in this car that should be going, shouldn't be going in, or anything go in this car that's going to stay over there? 
Okay, now picture your heart and do the same thing for your heart in every situation that's disappointing. How long is this staying? How long am I processing this? Am I sure that I want it to enter this country? Do I want it to remain or do I have a time limit of when it's coming back? Do I want it in? Because they can say go home. Okay, not everything, thought, feeling, action belongs in your heart. Guard it. Guard it. It's the wellspring of your life. Ask it some questions before you let it enter. Okay, does this sound weird? Does this sound like something you've never heard before? Okay, because I wasn't taught this and I wish I was. I wish somebody would have said, get a hold on your heart. Don't let everything go in your heart. You're too tender. Everything that you think and feel is going in there and you're getting messed up. I wish somebody would have said, guard it better. And here's a tool of how to. Maybe make a journal. Here's some things that are in my heart that I hate. When is it leaving? I need to get some counseling to get this thing out of the country. I'm declaring that there is this in my heart. Now I know how to get it out. Access denied. You're out. Okay? Be intentional with your heart. You're the only one who can. We ask God to do things that he's saying, you can do that. I actually told you to do it. You guard your heart. I'll watch over your steps. You guard your heart. Okay? That is intentionality. That is the heart of somebody who God can add to because you're trustworthy. I really wish you guys would smile or go like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay, okay. Tools, right? I love tools. If I don't have the why, I don't get it. So guarding your heart, you, you do that. Make a list. If there's offenses in you, if there's suffering, if there's pain, if there's misunderstanding, make a list of what it produced and then get it out. How are you going to get it out? You can only get it out if you know what it is. Okay? Then smack some truth on it. Is that thing robbing me of my destiny? Only you know. Only you know. Make a list. Then you'll see. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing with my life? I have been living by my feelings. Guess what? Time to repent. Change your mind. Change your mind. God, actually, you're going to be Lord. You're going to be first. You're going to be the source, not my thoughts and feelings. Okay, sorry. Okay, so guarding your heart. Some of us think walls. Well, then screw everybody. I don't need anyone. That is not guarding your heart. That is walls. That is the Great Wall of China just went up, and now we don't have neighbors. Okay, we don't do that. We put up loving fences. Border crossings. Yes? No. You can come for two hours. You can go for a week. Border crossings, not walls. Okay, you're not trying to make an isolated place. You're trying to make access flow freely with wisdom. Okay, okay, good. I think I did it. Okay. Do you know the dream? Do you know the dream over your life? Do you know why you're here? 
Do you know God's heart for you? His intention towards you? If you don't, that's not abnormal. It's why we're here, to figure out his heart. To figure out the plans and the purposes that he has for you. If you do know, hang on to them. Don't let pain and misunderstanding rob you where timing will try to misinterpret for you. Okay? We read about Joseph prospering in prison, and he's put in charge of the prison in Genesis 39. And it says in Genesis 39, the Lord gave him success in whatever he did. I'm saying that's because he guarded his heart. Because somebody who's bitter doesn't have success in everything. You actually don't even want to be around them. You're like, mm, you stink. I don't want you around me. I don't want you to affect me. Your negativity stinks. Okay? Joseph had success in everything that he did. You don't get success with the guy who's running the place if you don't even have a pleasing personality. <laughs> Give it old grumpy over here. Things will be fine. No, they won't. It'll get horrible. <laughs> okay? He had success in whatever he did because he was doing well in his heart. In Genesis 40, we have the cupbearer and the baker in prison with Joseph. Okay? They're in Joseph's life for a reason. So I want you to look around, and then you can close your eyes and think of everybody in your life just like that. <laughs> They're in your life for a reason, not by mistake. People don't just sneak by you or, oh, it's a casual friendship. People are in your life for a reason, all of them. You don't know who they are in your life just yet. Okay? Because we interpret by moments and time that we've been trained to instead of an eternal perspective. Okay? Joseph is in prison with a cupbearer who's like Pharaoh's guy. He like tests the food, gives him advice. If somebody's going to die, it's going to be the cupbearer, not Pharaoh. Okay? He's also in prison with the baker. He's not got a dangerous job, but for some reason he's in prison. Not sure what he did. He's just in prison, okay? These guys have a dream on the same night. Not the same dream. Two different dreams, same night. They're talking about them, and Joseph interprets them. And he's like, good news, cupbearer, you're going back to work. Baker, not so good for you. You are... <laughs> Bad things are happening down the line for you. Okay? Interprets it. Happens. Joseph says to the cupbearer on the way out, remember me. Remember me. So I have a question for you. Are there people in your life that leave your life for a season that you could say, remember me? And it be a good taste in their mouth that they'd want to remember you? Did you treat them well? It's a great question. OK? 
because you're not just in this moment. Remember, there's moments coming. Okay? Think eternity. Think the dream. Two years after the cupbearer leaves, and Joseph has said, remember me. Pharaoh has a dream, and nobody can interpret it. And the cupbearer's like, wait a second. I knew this guy in prison named Joseph. He's a really cool dude. Actually, and he told me to remember him. Oops. Two, two years late. Two years. You do the math on how many days and moments that is. It's a long time for Joseph being like, ah, I am never getting out of here. But Joseph's not losing heart. Okay, cupbearer, go get that Joseph guy and bring him to Pharaoh. Okay, so he does it. Goes and gets him. Now, listen, if your dream was delayed for just two years, would you reinterpret your dream? Would you change it? Would you let God off the hook for your disappointments? I'm tired of being shaped in your image. Tired of being full of faith. That's only two years. Let's talk in context of the whole dream. 17 years. Let's talk full dream. It's a long haul. I still believe. I'm still living like I should. I'm still anchored to that thing. No matter what. So don't change your dreams based on events and time. And pain and suffering. Your dreams are yours and God's. Don't let anyone else interpret them. Okay, in Romans 8, 28, it says that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. You guys all knew at the beginning that you're here for a reason. You're called according to his purpose. His purpose. You didn't get here without anything else but his purpose behind you. Okay, he's the author of life. You're here on his assignment, on his purpose. You're called into his love. Okay, you're born for his purpose, not your own. So in preparation to live in the dream that God was preparing Joseph for, Joseph was learning consistency and patience. Do you know patience is a fruit of the Spirit? Also something I wish I would have been taught more on. You can't survive without food in the life of the spirit. Just try to not eat fruit. You have to eat patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. You have to eat all of them. Love, joy, peace. You have to eat them to have them. Okay? Joseph is learning patience through his consistency. Your season of preparation needs to be met 
with consistency. This is not fast and it's not easy. Okay, let's not lie about it. It's not fast and it's not easy. It wasn't meant to be fast and easy. That's the world. That's how we timestamp things here. That's how we measure things here. If it's good, it's easy. Except for all of this was hard. Pick a hero in here and tell me where their life was easy. Just tell me one. If you can find one, I will take you out for dinner. It's not easy because we're being molded into his image. His image. He sent his son, which is God the Father in the son flesh, suffering added in it. Pain, sorrow, a man of sorrows. Okay? We're being shaped in his image, time stamped by him. It's not easy. It's the way of wisdom. It's creating something in you. Okay? Character receives the maturing process in the consistency and the patience. If you skip this step, just listen to me. If you skip the step of maturing and letting it be a process, you will miss the fullness of what God wants to put on you. You will miss it. That's not a threat. That's just how God works. Okay? There is nothing wrong with you if you are experiencing something hard in life. Okay? Let me just break that off you. I grew up in a church where everything was up, 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 up. Faith, 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 faith. And then you're like, uh, what about the man of sorrows in here? What about a way of suffering? What about when there's trouble, he'll be with you? What's all that crap for? Oh, wait, those were promises. You just denied them for your great feelings. Okay, we don't do anyone any favors if we tell them that life is going to be all awesome. Eternity is going to be awesome. Spending your life here on Jesus is going to be awesome. Sometimes it won't feel good, though, but it'll produce the most fruit. Okay? So our character receives maturing process. So we need to, like Joseph, live ready, no matter how long it takes. Serve with excellence, no matter who you serve. Live with integrity, no matter who sees you or what it costs you. Live with confidence in the dream, no matter what is currently happening. Sorry, that was just like a... All right, live with wisdom. Live in it and give it at all times. Joseph did. He lived it and he gave it away at all times. Whatever you have obtained, give it away so you can get more. In Genesis 41, 33 to 40, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. Sorry, I'll put my thing down. Okay, and in one act, one act of faithfulness, Comes from the dungeon. P.S. He shaves. So he's like, just so you know, I'm not Egyptian. Because Egyptians all had beards. He shaved his off. 
Just to let you know, Joseph has arrived, okay? It's a little bit sass as he arrives on the scene. You just got to read behind the scenes, guys. It's so good. They should make movies about what they're thinking. Okay? Shaves off his beard, arrives in front of Pharaoh, interprets his dreams, and he's like, uh, okay. And then Joseph lays out the plan because he's got wisdom. He's like, you need to hire a guy who can implement all of this and set it up and make sure that your land and your people are okay. And Pharaoh's like, it's you. And Joseph goes from dungy prisoner to the palace in one moment of faithfulness. One moment measured here, except he was anchored over here in eternity. I'm hanging on to that dream no matter all the years of disappointment. I'm anchored. I know it's coming. I had a dream. I'm anchored to it. One moment. I'm sure he thought it passed him by. And I'm sure he thought it was going to cost him something else to be in front of Pharaoh. Like, oh gosh, do you have a wife? Because I don't want to meet her. Like, like, just keep her in the West Wing or something. Like that anticipation of the ball's going to drop. Except that God had tested him and he had proved himself faithful through consistency and patience and wisdom and serving with excellence. He was living ready for the dream to take place in a second. Are you living ready for the dream to take place in a second? Or did you get lazy? Did you get upset? Did you get disappointed? Did you get disenfranchised? Did you drop it somewhere? Did you train it for pleasure? Where's your dream? Where's your promise? It should be right here. You should be able to say it. You should be able to act out of it. It should be your vision. It should be your passion. It should be your drive. I'm living for Jesus and this dream that he put on my life. It should be tangible for you. It was for Joseph, and it changed everything in a minute because he was living ready. Okay, if Joseph had treated the cupbearer and the baker poorly, that moment doesn't happen. Okay, so let's go back. It matters how you treat people. People in your life are not commodities. They're people. They have thoughts, feelings, futures, destinies. Serve them well. Here's a statement nobody wants to hear, but I'm going to mom you because I can. Because I mean it with the deepest love possible. What suffering and testing produces in you, nothing else will. No amount of self-help books, no positive chants, no Buddha thing, there is no other thing that will produce what suffering and testing in God's presence will produce in you because it's lasting and it's eternal. And what God wants to rearrange in your heart and produce, again, is not because you're wrong. It's because you're right and you're heading for greatness. And to step in the dream, you need more. 
In Genesis 50, verse 20, we go from Genesis 41 to 50. That is a journey for Joseph learning how to serve in Pharaoh's house now because he's now a prince. He's got all the Egyptian garb. He's got the beard now. He's got the makeup. He's got a new name. He's got a family. And he's serving well. The dreams that Pharaoh had, he actually served and implemented to the dates. Okay? And then his family comes because they're starving. And they need food. Food from who? Joseph. The guy they sold, they now need to come under and beg for food. That's where most of us would be like, <laughs> die, suckers. I'm not joking. I think most of you would do it too. Because we don't deal with this. We don't think eternal. We think justice here on earth, but we serve a God of justice, and we have to trust him with outcomes, okay? So while Joseph is keeping his heart tender all these years, his family comes to him, gives them food, long story, okay? He tricks the one, he keeps the youngest brother that he never met, Benjamin, back to test his brothers to see if they're going to let him rot in prison, or I guess it was just me, great, you're coming back for Benjamin because they learned their lesson. Okay? Reveals himself finally to them and Joseph sobs, sobs, heartfelt sobs to them and says, what you intended for harm, God used for good. Look at this nation. People are alive because the dream was alive. I kept the dream alive. No matter what you did to me, God used it for good. Okay? I'm going to ask the band to come. As Joseph was anchored to the dream of God, not his feelings, circumstances, or ideas, we need to do the same. And tonight I want us to do that. Because there are things that try to rob you from the dream. There are probably things trying to rob you now while I'm talking. Like, nah, she doesn't know. Trust me, I know. Don't let the enemy steal your dream. Don't let him steal your purpose. Don't let him steal your right to be there with him. And hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Guard this, okay? So tonight I actually want to pray into that. I want us to get a biblical, truthful, thoughtful, God-based way of thinking. And it has to interrupt our feelings. It has to interrupt our emotions. Here's what I'd like us to do. If you just want to stand. I think sometimes we think of repentance as a sin that we can name that we, is in the list. Like, do not be angry, don't gossip. 
um, all the sins. I won't list them all. <laughs> okay, repentance is a mind change. Your mind is so powerful. It's connected to your heart. It's connected to your spirit. It's connected to your soul. Okay, tonight, repentance means I'm going to change my mind. So what I actually think on, what I dwell on, what I think is truth, if it's not biblical truth, if it's not God-rooted truth, if it's not eternal truth, I'm changing my mind tonight. I'm going to let God change my mind. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do surgery on my mind that might be really finite, guys. It might be one wire that's crossed. Like, if you could just reinterpret that one thing, you'd think that I'm great if you would let me just show you what I'm doing, you would know that I'm an awesome God. If you would let me just rewire this one part of your brain, I could get in there and transform it all. You'd see the future. You'd see the dream. You'd hold on to it. And tonight, I just want to, you to know that God, by his Holy Spirit, is here to change your mind, and we participate with him towards the nature of God, that as he's changing things, we're actually receiving truth tonight about who he is, because he can't be a liar. His word can't be anything but true. So when he says that he's faithful and he's true and he's your provider and he's your banner and he's your defender and he's your protector and he's your peace and he's your righteousness and he's the love of God, he's all those things all the time and he's good. So we have to interpret and let him help us change our minds from the things that I thought were bad, God, I actually want you to change my mind. I want you to change my spirit to be able to see what you're doing. I want to live ready. I want to live consistently. I want to live with excellence before you. But first, I'm going to have to let you change my mind. I'm going to have to agree with you. And if that means that I have to let go of my own justice then tonight I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna let go of my right to fully understand. I'm gonna let go of needing you to explain yourself, God. I'm gonna let go of the timing here on earth and trust you for what is eternal. And tonight, I just want you to lift your hands because I do, I feel like God's here to do like finite surgery. That's what I keep hearing, that there are shifts that are gonna happen tonight that are for eternity that we hold on to here right now in the present. But he, he's coming with precise scalpel <laughs> and he's going to help remove with tenderness and remove what is not needed and put in what is needed. There's a healing happening in our hearts and minds tonight in the name of Jesus. So I just wanna say that there's this, it's possible that in your thinking and in your heart that you could possibly hold a grudge towards God. That in my pain and my sorrow and my suffering, my injustice, God, I don't understand your nature and I've held you captive to do anything good. I don't see anything good because I refuse to accept your nature.
And tonight, I just, I want you to know that there is freedom for just saying, God, I want you to come and touch every part of my past and my present and my future. And I want you to be the God of justice, not me. I want you to be God. I want you to be the source. I want you to be the thought. I want you to be the dream. I want you to be the goal. I want eternity in my heart instead of everything else. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that tonight, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, you would instruct every heart and every mind and every spirit to be submitted to your way and to your will now in the name of Jesus. Father, we say we're ready. We're not laying down and fighting, God. We are laying down in a green pasture and saying, God, have your way. I will rest while you let your nature take hold of me. I will rest while you restore my soul. I will rest while you pour in truth. I will rest while you heal my heart. I will rest while you redeem the nature that the enemy has tried to steal from you, God. I will rest while you work your mercy and your judgment and your justice out in my life. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving now with your depth and your love, God. It's for your great love that you bought us. It's by your great love that you've called us and anointed us and gifted us. So, Father, I ask everywhere the enemy has tried and intended harm upon our destiny, God, I ask right now that you would cut it off in the name of Jesus. God, let us know exactly where he got in so that we could hold up a standard of your word and your truth. Father, I ask for deliverance where we need a spiritual change, where we need an uprooting, where the things that we have agreed with are dark and they are not of you and they are a lie. God, I ask now for deliverance and freedom to come in the name of Jesus. God, we say yes to your word, to your truth, to your nature, to your way. God, we say yes to you, Jesus Christ, as the source, as the focus, as everything in our life. God, we say yes. Father, I ask for every dream that's in this room. Holy Spirit, that you would come now and you would hover upon each and every one of us, God, that you're the protector of the dream. God, instruct us in your ways. Teach us your ways, God. Teach us how to be men and women of excellence. Teach us how to be men and women of wisdom and consistency and patience and love and kindness and self-control. God, let us not let the enemy rob, steal, or kill from us any longer. God, what the enemy has tried to steal, we say no more in the name of Jesus. And God, we ask that as we raise the standard through our minds and our actions, that God, you would anchor us to hope, hope that doesn't disappoint. God, hope that we can trust in, hope that we can be confident in because you're a good God and we can rest in you. So Father, we just thank you for your work tonight. I thank you that it's deep and it's lasting because eternity is lasting and it's fruitful. So Father, I just ask that you would open doors that no man could open and Father, that you would shut doors that no man can shut. Father, we just say that our will and our ways and our destinies are yours, God. 
They're all yours, God. We take our hands off and we say, we trust you, Jesus. We trust you with pain. We trust you with sorrow. We trust you with joy. We trust you in every moment, God. And we thank you that you're there, God. And Father, I just ask now that you would give new eyes to see what you're doing, God. Give us eyes to see. And Father, I ask for that anointing of a Joseph to be upon these ones tonight, that they would receive your addition in their life where it seems like it's been subtraction and you've been taking away from them. God, I ask that the interpreter of addition, that God, you shall add, will be prophesied over them now in the name of Jesus, where the enemy has tried to say you're never going anywhere. God, I thank you that you said you will add to our lives. So Father, we receive it now in Jesus' name. And Father, for those that need to extend forgiveness to, to wounds in their heart, God, I ask for a special grace. Holy Spirit, your grace comes to us when we can't do something without you. So, Father, we acknowledge that we can't let people free in our own strength. But, Holy Spirit, you can help us. So, Father, we just say, give us grace to be able to release forgiveness over those that intended harm over us. Whatever those faces, names, places are, Father, we just lay them before you now. And Father, I ask that you touch every action, every memory, God, every um, fruit that it has produced. God, if it isn't good, cut it off. What is lasting and what is eternal, God, we say grow it in the name of Jesus. God, fill us. Fill us with your strength tonight. Let you be our portion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Tonight, if that's just like ministering to you deep, and I don't want you to hold back, okay? If you are like, I need to be someone who's anchored to the dream of God in my life and I feel like I need someone to agree with me and fight with me and contend for the purpose of God on me, I actually want you to come up here and we're gonna pray with you, okay, while we worship. That agreement is powerful. It sets 10,000 things that would war against us, 10,000 spirits that would try to contend for the plan of God, we can set them to flight. They would leave in the name of Jesus. So. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you to come, and we're just going to worship, okay? Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week, and we hope to see you soon.